What? We're at episode 200 already? Woo! What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast, your home for amazing, very real stories about phenomenal businesswomen in all sorts of different industries over all sorts of different parts of the world who are here to share the real stories of how they've grown their businesses so that you can take some practical ideas and go implement them in your business. Now, if you're just starting your business, there's an amazing resource that you can tap into. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. It is an ebook that I created just for you. If you wanna make sure that your business is represented very well and very effectively in the online space, including on a website, uh, on a blog, on social media, then being able to follow these very simple steps to be able to build up a customer base that is dying for exactly what you got, that's what this book is all about. Go find out more at bizwomenrock.com. Today's guest is Victoria Griggs, who's the founder of a company called Straight Line Marketing. All right, so I'm going to be very straight with you, and I didn't even tell Victoria this, but I was a little hesitant uh, and like immediately sort of like not knowing about this interview because... Uh, Victoria's number one focus and what she does is she does done-for-you Facebook ads. And when I was going to research Victoria, she wasn't really that that active on Facebook, like seriously not active. So I was like, uh, how much can this girl know and how is she actually selling her services if she's totally not active on Facebook? Now, what I ended up finding was that I was blown away by how much knowledge this girl has and what she does for her clients and how honest she is about the stage of her business that she's in where she's sort of in the the cobbler has no shoes kind of phase. (laughs) And the reason I wanted to state that right up front is because you know that this show is all about total transparency and really what's happening within business and what's real. So this is not where you're going to get this beautiful, sparkling success story. This is where you're going to get the real things that happen inside growing a business. And Victoria was marvelous at being able to really be honest about her company's growth, her evolution, and where she is right now. And um, she, oh my gosh, she's just brilliant. And you're going to hear it from the moment she gets on the on the phone that she knows what she's talking about. And she's so passionate about what she's doing for her clients. So um, you will definitely connect with this if you are currently a solopreneur. If you're do, if you are the person not only bringing in the business, but you're the person actually doing all of the stuff for your customers, um, and you're sort of in that moment of, okay, I need help, but I don't know how to trust people to delegate this to, to be able to do this as well for my customers as I want it to be done. Um, she's really, she really gives a lot of voice to that space. So just a really fascinating conversation about her entire uh, always evolving business model. So let's get into it with Victoria. Victoria, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the Biz Women Rock podcast today. I'm excited you're here. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure to be here. You're hailing all the way from uh, San Francisco, California. I am in Tampa, Florida at this moment. We're kind of on opposite sides of the nation. Um, and while I was recently on with somebody who had snow, lots of snow, because we're in early, early April right now, you were telling me about San Francisco snow. Tell everyone what that is, because I thought that I never heard of that. <laughs> and I love that. What is San Francisco snow? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, in, in, and I will say this is more San Ramon. I live in San Francisco in the city. My mother lives close by and about 45 minutes east in a town called San Ramon. And they have these, she's in an apartment complex where they have these beautiful trees. I wish I knew what they were, but for just a few weeks really out of the year, they um, these tall, beautiful trees have these little white flowers all over them. Like just about every piece of the branch are covered with these flowers that have these tiny little white petals. And so over those two weeks, maybe, you know, maybe three, they start to then fall. And we'll have these wonderful windy days. And, you know, I'm out walking our dog and I feel like I'm in the middle of a snow globe. You'll have these wonderful (laughs) white petals swirling around. They actually, you know, they they get down on the ground. um, So you do almost, it feels like, you know, and and they gather in the gutters, you know, just like snow would. Um, And there's a little slight sweet smell to the air. It's just lovely. You have, it's warm. You're in short sleeves with a nice breeze, petals, surrounding you and these little petals on the ground so my mom and I always joke that it's California snow I love it so if anyone is in if you are in cold weather right now and you're getting like real snow and you want California snow instead that sounds like a nice option <laughs> and I'm Victoria. Of, I know I've taken a ton of pictures and video and I keep and it's hard to see these tiny petals on video and I keep you know trying going wait wait no you can't see it if you were here you could really see this so it's oh gorgeous. Gosh, that is hilarious. Well, Victoria, I'm really excited to be able to share your business story. Um, it's a very unique one. And you have straight line marketing. How in the world did you get into having your own business in the first place? Yeah, you know, so I just to give a little background, I was in corporate for, gosh, probably about 18 years, uh, 15, 16, 16 maybe before leaving to start my own business. And I really started as a developer in the software. So I'm from San Francisco, so that that's Silicon Valley, most of, you know, a lot of software companies around here, and most of my career has been spent in software companies. And I started, you know, first couple years as a developer, then moved into product management, then moved into marketing. And so for, in 2008, I moved into, actually a, a boss from one company recruited me to another, and he said, look, this company really needs product management. Um, and in the software world, product managers are the people who talk to the customers, understand what features are, pe- are being requested and wh- where we could make money, and then work with the developers to make that happen. And this company was very engineering driven. They built development tools, and so he said, you know, the developers think they know what people want because they're building developer development tools for developers. So they were saying, you know, why do we need to ask him? He said, they desperately need product management, but they don't know that yet. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring you in in marketing and have you be in marketing for a little bit, and then we'll make our move and I'll have you lead product management. And so, strategic. Yeah, strategic. So, you know, I was like, wow, okay, you know, that, that, sound, that sounds great. And it was about, you know, at the time, maybe um, $22 million company, something like that. Well, I got in and I have to tell you, I started working in marketing and I started really, you know, it's important to me to be good at my job. And I started gathering nights and weekends, anything I could, taking all kinds of classes and going online. And I really got into more and more digital marketing and in what's kind of this internet marketing subculture Mm -hmm. where there are a lot of people building businesses on their own, ton of entrepreneurs. And I would go to these events or be on these calls. And really at the time, it was odd that I had a full-time job. You know, it was like, oh, infiltrator, you know, what do you mean? You have have your own job. And it was very weird. But, you know, um, I was learning a ton of things. And what I saw in that world, based on what I was seeing in corporate marketing, was night and day. You know, because they were, you know, in corporate marketing, they were saying, um, you know, kind of the Gartners and Foresters of the world were doing studies and they do fantastic work, but they're, they're talking to other big companies that maybe aren't as 
uh, kind of nimble and, you know, trying new things as much. And so they would be like, it was is back in 2008, you know, is social media really legitimate? Is it worth it? Right. And then here I am in the internet marketing world and people are sharing their firsthand stories, how they yep. closed $150,000 of revenue just last month using only social media. Yep. Yep. So I was really seeing the, you know, the, the difference there and also being around all of these entrepreneurs. So eventually it, you know, really came a time. I actually left that company. I went to start, I was recruited to start another uh, product line at a $3 billion company. And what that did is it layered even more bureaucracy. And so like Mm. I knew what it took to launch a product and be successful. And I went and said, okay, well, let's get a press release together. Oh, we can't do a press release. I'm like, what do you mean? We can't do a press release. (laughs) And they're like, they're like, you know what? And, And you know, it's almost like patting me on the head and they're like, you know what? Our last company acquisition was a blog post. Your product is not going to get a press release. I was like, um, okay, so let's send out an email. No, we can't send out an email because we only send out one email a week and you've got to get, you know, maybe you have a few sentences in that email, but you really need to get on the schedule for that about three months out. And, you know, so really at every turn, there was so much bureaucracy I thought, you know, I really wanted to be able to market my own way. I'd been around all of these entrepreneurs and it had been getting really itchy anyway. And then two things happened. Um, that one company where I was working, they actually had been through, uh, they were very successful at what they did. And then were they, they were data center software and they were in about 90% of the data centers in the world. And so what does a company does when they're a multi-billion dollar company and they've saturated their market, they spin up a whole bunch of projects and they may spin up 20 and keep one. Mm. So I was there for a year and I was on one project that for about eight months and they decided not to launch it. Right two weeks before launch, they decided not to launch it. Oh, wow. Then I moved to another division, a company that they had acquired, and then they decided they didn't want to be in that business anymore and they, they um, divested that company. And so they said, okay, well, now it's time for you to find a different position. And I said, what if I don't? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what if I don't interview? What happens then? They're like, well, I mean, you could take a severance. I'm like, yes! <laughs> that's that's what I'd like to do. Ding, 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 ding. I'll take that one, please. <laughs> and so it was just perfect timing. And so it was, you know, the severance from corporate, the itchiness that had started and really wanting to dig into these fantastic marketing strategies that I knew could get great, great results. And then lastly, it was right in tax season and I actually had a pretty healthy tax return coming back that year. And, you know, we were talking about this before. I started my company on April 15th, 2012. Mm -hmm. That was my last (laughs) official day at that company. And so between the severance and the tax return, I had enough seed money to have a cushion where I felt comfortable that that was the time. So I'm curious to know kind of what you did as your first steps into, um, I want to say business building, but let's be honest, in the very beginning, it's about client acquisition. You need to get, you know, revenues into your business, which for you meant you need to get clients who were purchasing your marketing services. So there's a, you know, no matter how much awesome information was in your head and how wonderful you were at implementing it, it's an entirely different game to go and acquire clients. So what did you do in the very beginning to make sure that the word was getting out about you, to go brand yourself, to, you know, make sure that people knew who you were and you were actually closing people into being clients? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's because of how all of this came together, it was timing that pushed me out the door versus knowing and having a clear vision of my company. Mm. And so it was, you know, it was kind of like, okay, now what? And I had a little bit of a cushion where I could try to figure out, okay, well, what types of services do I want to provide? Um, and interestingly, I 
I was on, remember I had told you that that previous company, I was in one division, then another, and then I had started interviewing for my yet third role within a year at the same company. And I just, you know, when I talked to the people and said, you know what, what if I don't continue these interviews? Well, I was already partway through the interview process in one. And one of the people who I was interviewing to be, um, she would have been on my team. So she would have been someone I managed. She lived on the East Coast, but was coming into town um, just, you know, uh, it, it, timing wise on the Monday. Mm -hmm. Well, Sunday is when I really had the, you know, heart to heart with myself com you know, conversation and thought, you know what, I just, my heart's not in it. I can't do it. I need to leave. And so I actually sent the hiring manager and everyone emails that Sunday night and said, you know, um, I'm just going to withdraw from the interview process. Thank you so much. But I would really connected with this woman on the phone. She, her name is JJ DiGeronimo. She's a fantastic woman. And I'd connected with her as someone who I may possibly have been managing. Mm -hmm. And she was coming in town anyway. So we decided, you know what? I, I said, I'd, I'd still love to meet you. You seem awesome. Like, let's go have drinks. And so we went out for drinks on Monday night. Come to find out, she has an entire outside of main corporate life passion where she teaches women in technology and she had a book oh, wow. and does all kinds of speaking engagements and she actually became my first client wow yeah and you know it was it was we just hit it off she's a fantastic woman and she you know what we did is we took some of the content of her book you know selling a book for eight dollars well portioning a piece of that out and building an online training program that she could now sell for hundreds of dollars per person. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the first. And then she introduced me to her publisher and I started working with her publisher. And so, you know, I started working with these, with um, those two that I really loved, but, you know, coming from a pretty, I, you know, at the time that I, that I left, it was a, a I'm trying to say how that, say this best, but I, you know, I, I'd done pretty well. I was a, a senior executive in marketing and corporate. And so when I left, that's a big salary gap to fill, you know, yeah. right? You step out and you go making from pretty darn good money to right. nothing. And so what I started to do as well is people were calling and going, oh, I hear you're on your own now. Can you come help us with marketing? So the first, really the first year and a half, I was taking on still quite a bit of contract work. So I may be one or two days a week at a company helping them with various marketing projects while also trying to build a client base. Got it. Okay. And just yeah. kind of trying to survive that way. Exactly. And this is, it comes from the fact that, again, because it was a timing thing versus a vision, which I don't know that I would necessarily recommend to everyone, um, it was would have been best if I said, this is exactly the kind of company I want to be. But it was really, you know, I was kind of going where the money was. Right. Um, it wasn't until... January, actually last January, so just uh, just over a year ago, year and a couple months ago, that I got strategic about what I wanted to do, and that's when my business really took off. What precipitated that? Like, um, because you can you can follow the money for a long time, and you can say, "Hey, great, I am getting client after client, and people are contracting me for this. This is a pretty decent living." What What actually was it that made you say, "Okay, I actually need to kind of like vision this whole thing out and create like a larger strategy"? You know what it was? It's actually I from going to these internet marketing events and conferences, they're full of wonderful entrepreneurs. And I was at an event in, I think it was October of that year, 
where that would have been October 2014, I guess. And there's a guy, there's a guy there who was consulting the people who ran the events. And I'll just say his name is Ed Rush. He's a fantastic um, business coach. And I was at an event. If people are in the internet marketing world, they may know um, Mike Koenigs is kind of a big name in that world. If you're not in that mm-hmm. world, he, it won't mean anything to you. But um, is that a Mike Koenigs event? And Ed Rush is his, his consultant. And one of the things that he was selling from stage was business consulting and coaching. And I, his his style really resonated with me. And I also just felt, you know what, I need someone who can sit down with me in front of a whiteboard for five or six hours talking only about my business and show me the things that I'm not seeing. Mm. One of the biggest hurdles I had to get over was not feeling lesser than because I couldn't see in my own business what I helped so many other people see in theirs. And one of the things I really prided myself on, you know, I started my career back when in Anderson Consulting, um, that's what it was called at the time, it's now called Accenture, but Mm -hmm. we would go into companies, map out business processes, show them where money was and show them how to be more efficient and then implement that. So I, you know, from deep in my bones have, have really, I think it's a strength of mine to be able to go in and help companies find money and implement programs around it to actually get return on investment. And I thought I was just, took me the longest time to realize that and feel okay with asking for help to do that in my business. Right, right. Well, because we can't see what's in front of us sometimes. You can't. And now I I honestly, I recommend it to everybody because I'm convinced that you actually do need someone outside of it to, to see. And so, you know, that was a really big turning point was when I got a business coach and we sat down and the first thing he did was we actually sat, you know, at this five or six hour session was to sit in front of a whiteboard, write down all my current clients, what, what I was doing for them, what I was getting paid, and then extrapolate that out. And he basically showed me in the, the harshest of ways that doing what you're doing now, you will never meet your revenue goals. Right. And so then, it, you know, that's the, wow, okay, so now what? And he goes, he, he asked a very important question. He said, well, is there something you're doing right now across clients that's getting the best results? And I was like, without hesitation, I said, oh, yeah, Facebook ads. Mm. And he goes, well, have you ever thought about just doing that? And I was like, huh, no, I haven't. Yeah. And that was the turning point because now once you can kind of hang your hat on something, people know when to contact you. And by, you know, when you're a marketing consultant, you know, oh, I help people grow their businesses. I help people implement campaigns to grow their business. That's so general. People right. didn't know when to bring me in. But now as a someone who specializes in Facebook ads, which I had been doing for a while, but had never claimed that as a title. Now they know, hey, I have a program. We need traffic. Facebook is great for that. Let's call Victoria. Got it. So once you started being very clear about this, like I am the girl who does done-for-you Facebook ads, um, what what changed in your marketing? Like what changed for you to start getting in front of the clients that, that needed to see you? Well, for me, it was um, also support of this business coach. We had um, there was an event in February, and we had just had our coaching session in January, and he asked me to be on a panel. So, and on this panel, one of the things that I was talking about was the fact that I did done for you Facebook ads, and so many people need traffic. I had people coming up to me after that presentation asking for cards, and I got actually quite a bit of business from that event. Mm. And just in the same way, you know, I, I think as we know in business, if you work with someone and you do well, they refer you to other people just like them who yep. have similar needs. Yep, absolutely. So by just getting a foot in the door and working with people who needed these services, they then recommended me to others who recommended me to others. And it really grew organically from there, but also being fueled by events. So since then, I've also 
this particular group of people, Mike Koenigs and Ed Rush and Pam Hendrickson, have about three events a year. And they've been nice enough to actually have me on stage either on a panel or even little 15-minute TED Talks at each event. Um, and it has really helped me connect with people and talk to people about what I do, but really more about just helping people and giving helpful tips. And then mm-hmm. with that, um, you know, every, every time it's been it's been fantastic. And I have to say, the community with uh, with this group of people is great. I love the entrepreneurs who are attracted to these particular business coaches. And so I've I've done a lot of joint deals with people who in in the community where they're maybe not customers, right. but they have a client that they're working with and they want to bring me in for the Facebook portion. Hmm. So what has been, I guess, did, the question I'm always really interested in is like, was it a relief for you to not now have to do everything, that other 99% of marketing strategy and execution for clients now? Like, were you actually relieved and happy to just be doing Facebook ads? Oh, or was it gosh. like, or did you feel this like, uh, I'm kind of bored because I'm doing the same thing all the time? No, it was such a relief. And, you know, I didn't realize how much of a relief until I really started doing it. And, um, you know, what that meant is that, you know, I'm in Facebook all day, every day. I mean, in the ads portion, not the, the, the regular portion. In fact, I often, my friends are always like, you never post on Facebook. I'm like, I know, I'm always in the ads. Like, you know, so I spend a whole lot of time on it, but in a whole different area of Facebook. Right, right. And, um, but I know, like, it was literally something, you know, I'll be in Facebook and I'm working on a campaign and then a few hours later I look at the same screen and something has changed. So I know the minute something changes or is released within Facebook and that's a real asset. Right. Because I'm in there all the time, I'm comfortable with it. I know I know how it lives and breathes and um, that's a real asset to clients, but it also is something I can really feel good about when I'm talking to client, uh, to customers and that confidence comes through. Because right. I know that no one knows that interface better than I do. You know, I'm just in there all the time. And um, so that is good. The other thing it let me do was to templatize. Well, now I have a standard onboarding document. I have a standard process. I've got a revenue calculator that I use that's geared around Facebook ads. I now have templates, tools, and systems that I can use with these services. When everything was so custom, you know, it used to be I would come in and say, much like we did in, in Accenture, I would come in and say, okay, let's look at your business. Right. Okay, where are you now? Where do you want to go? Let's put tool, you know, put a uh, process in place to get you there. And then my basic sales pitch at the end was really soft. It's like, okay, well, you need help with that. And if they had, they may have a web team. So, okay, I didn't need to help coordinate that, but they may need content. So I would help coordinate research and content writers. So everything I was doing was so custom for each person, for each company, I couldn't scale. Mm. So, yeah, becoming, um, you know, becoming specialized, I actually went from, you know, really still struggling to, you know, to meet, to meet bills and even borrowing against 401k to having a quarter million dollar business within a year. Wow. That's a huge, huge step. A big step. Um, so, do you, do you, I mean, I would imagine, I would imagine that, that you don't, you definitely, definitely don't hear, hear no from, from potential customers as often as you probably did before when you were a lot more generalized. But even now, like, what's the biggest no that you get? Like, if somebody's interested um, and they come to you and they sort of have this consultation to see if it's something that is is fit for them, like, what's what's the most constant no that you hear, reason why somebody won't choose to use your services? I think um, in some cases they're just feeling it out and it may not be the right time for them price-wise. So, um, you know, some of the, the people I'm talking to, they're really just getting started in their business and they can't afford to pay, you know, a few thousand dollars in management fees on top of ad spend to get started. And, um, you know, and, and 
that's I think the biggest but to be honest because people are coming through referral and I mean it's the way that they come to me um, at this stage anyway and I don't think this is actually the best thing going forward but the way that they come to me now it's probably 90% or more of the people that I talk to end up going forward right they're pre-sold on it basically because exactly. they're hearing about you it, yeah exactly and um, but yeah, the ones that do just want to hold back, they're like, you know what, I just, I wanted to find out about your services. I had no idea that it would cost, you know, that I would need to pay this much to have someone help manage. And so it's just not the right time for me. Mm -hmm. And I will say that other people, you know, have the opposite reaction because I know of certain people in my space that are actually charging seven, eight times more than I'm charging. Mm -hmm. And so for other people, it's like, oh my gosh, fantastic. I found someone with these skills, but they're not charging these prices. Perfect. Can I hire you for three different projects? Got so. It. It's a, it's a range, and I think when people are just getting started, they don't. It's a niche enough topic that people don't know what to expect, and sometimes they just want to explore and have a conversation. Mm. So, um, how what percentage of your clients are like regular clients, meaning like you have them on retainer because you're doing ads for them for a constant, you know, product or service, versus they're about to do a launch or they're about to do this one time campaign or what what have you? Like, what is the what are those percentage differences? Oh, that's a good question. Percentage-wise, um, I would say maybe maybe 30 to 40% is recurring. Okay. Um, and those tend to be, and actually, those tend to be larger companies that say, okay, we want to pay a set amount. And by larger, I mean like multi-million dollar companies. So right. it doesn't have to be ginormous, but just kind of multi-million dollar level where we want to um, have certain campaigns that run every month. And so we'll pay you, you know, I meet with them at the beginning of the month. We say what campaigns are going to run and we map that out. A lot of times, and just this is actually just as a matter of how I've grown because it's been organic and I've been in, um, in communities where it's people just getting started where they're you know we're getting some initial revenue but they're really building up I'll give you an example this one woman that I worked with last year in March she had never done a webinar on this particular topic before and we ran a webinar and she had only two hundred dollars to spend in ad spend mm -hmm. and so we she actually from that ended up closing about I think she closed 11 at $197 so it was about just over $2,000. Now that's okay. a great return, yeah. right? But it's $2,000 and it's, and that's, she's reinvesting back into her business. Right. Um, and then she actually came back in October and, um, talked to me a little bit and, or, and said, well, I'm going to be launching something early next year. So we launched another thing for her and guess what? Over the course of the year, she had fleshed out her program where now instead of selling a $197 program, she's selling coaching that's between $2,000 to $3,500 a piece. And so she now, we did another program for her where we now spend about $1,200 in ad spend. And she now, and I'm sorry, it was 14 people she closed the first time, 11 that she closed at between twenty to uh, uh, 2000 to $3,500. Okay. So now she spent another, you know, she spent 1200 and got back over 22000 And now she said, okay, now I'm at a point where I want to hire you every month. And we just, you know, kind of put that in place where now it's going to be a monthly thing. Gotcha. So she, did, she didn't have that a year ago, but her business has built up enough from the kickstart we did at the beginning to help, to help get us there. Now she's done a ton of work and has been coaching herself with someone um, who has helped her to gain the confidence. It's very, you know, a lot of what she's offering is very similar, but it's the confidence to, to ask more money for what she provides. Mm, got it. So 
Throughout this kind of evolution of your business, like what has been one of the biggest challenges that you've come across, either kind of a personal development challenge or just a logistical challenge in your business that it's, you know, has has definitely caused you to have to be in the space to grow beyond it? What has been one of those challenges? You know, I'm going to I'm going to actually answer that from a couple different ways. Um, I have one that's a bit of an inspirational story that I just think people might find value in. And then one that's, you know, kind of a, a daily one. So I'll start with a daily one. And I think that right now I'm at an inflection point in my business where I really do need to hire the staff. I've, it's not that I haven't tried before, but, you know, when I, I feel a great responsibility when I'm spending people's money and I don't. I'm not yet comfortable delegating that responsibility, you know, because a lot of that, like if you're trading stocks, you know, I I see so many campaigns that I know intuitively by looking at a behavior of a campaign, what, whether to bid up or down, like if I'm running a campaign for someone, it's not unusual to run more than a hundred ads. And what I'm doing is looking at what's converting, what's not. And like a big dashboard, turning things on or off. So we get the best price. I don't yet know how to institutionalize that knowledge in someone that I outsource to that I would feel comfortable with. Mm. So then I've looked at, okay, well, what other areas of the business could I, could I outsource? Is it ad creation or research? So my challenge now is saying how, you know, where can I let go enough? And I think this is a challenge a lot of entrepreneurs have. Where do we let go right. um, and still feel like we're giving the highest quality to our customers? That's a challenge that I have right now. Um, I think there's one that I do want to, a story that I do want to share that is just fantastic um, it didn't start out that way, but I was working with this woman last year. She came, she was a person who came to me after that first event, and we launched a book in what I now know is a very competitive market, which is the mom market, so mm-hmm. trying to get attention of moms and parents, and um, you know, not every ad campaign is a big hit, and hers did not get a positive return on investment, and it was really the first one I'd ever had to that point where I didn't see a huge return on investment, and I didn't realize this, but she happened to be coaching at the time for John Asaraf and as a private client so she came back she's like oh do you mind if I share with John you know and get some get some insight and I thought oh and for those who don't know you know John Asaraf he wrote the secret he's been he's just this amazing man and I was like oh well here we go I guess that you know mark that off and I was just thinking a huge door and like this is awful and I put together um, and but you know what it is what it is and so I said you know what I will I detailed out as much as I could I put together um, I put together a you know document describing here are the ads here are the targets here are the pages we ran here's the split testing we did here were the results and I had um, you know we got together with someone on his on his team and talked through it well about two weeks later I got an email out of the blue from John himself that said I love what you did at the previous campaign do you want to talk um, and I was never more shocked and wow. we, ha- we had the conversation and the thing is if you're in marketing you know that campaigns take time to optimize it yeah. is rare to get a campaign right out of the gate that is a, is a home run very often you do need to tweak and he was he was impressed with the way that I had gone about it how meticulous I was how much I was split testing the thinking behind it and so he actually said you know I I am um, um, I have people that I recommend and I would love to, to have you on a short list of people I recommend for Facebook ads if you're okay with that. And I'm like, wow, okay, absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, and John is nice enough to where, uh, you know, he sends a number of friends and coaching clients my way. And he actually became just a wonderful referrer of business. When I thought it was like going to destroy my business, I, wow. you know, basically all I did was write, you know, write out exactly what I did. And I had done, you know, some, some good work and he recognized that. So 
what could have been what I thought was going to be terrible was actually a really big win in the business that I wasn't expecting. Well, I think that's an interesting point, though, because you, you know, your service is what you can guarantee. You can't guarantee that an ad is actually going to like hit big or not. So are, how exactly are, how are you how are you setting up the expectations with the client on the forefront to make sure that, you know, like you're going to try your best and they're really investing in your ability to try your best with all of the knowledge that you have, um, but you can't guarantee results. You know, and so first of all, saying we can't guarantee results is is true, um, and I do say that, but I think still it takes time to sink in. What I try to do is basically present it as, look, we're partnering in this, and I have a, a little spreadsheet that I use. I, I love I love spreadsheets and business and revenue models and things like that. I'm very mm-hmm. analytical. And so when we start a project, we'll actually look at how much ad spend is there and I'll map out their funnels. And the funnel is basically just the series of steps. So if we have ad right. going to an opt-in page, going to um, a webinar, going to a sale or whatever that may be, we actually map it out and we put in target percentage conversions at each stage. We say, if we're going to get this, this much in at a predicted ad cost of this, then what is it going to be the whole way through? What that actually gives us visibility into is exactly where it's breaking down in the funnel when we do the tracking. So mm-hmm. I don't run any ads until the entire funnel has tracking on it. So we can see where the bottlenecks are. Got it. And what that means is we can go in and optimize, but it's also very clear if we're getting ads to the start of their funnel, the problem isn't with the ads. Exactly. We're, you know, Something's sorry, broken getting, down in the funnel. Yeah, if we're getting people, to, I mean, using the ads, getting people to it, then I can look and say, you know what, it's actually on that webinar, we should have had a 10% close rate and we had a 2%. That, mm. was, a, that was a problem or, you know, whatever it may be. Right, got it. So yes. it's just actually talking about, um, you know, taking it out of emotion and bringing it down into facts and numbers. It gives us something to talk about without, without being blamey. Right. I like that word too. If that's not yeah, a real word, I just word made up. we're going to officially make it a real word here. Oh, it's totally I'm, not a real I'm, word, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know, I man. I just Some, made it up. Sometimes I go off and make words and I'm like, ah, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty astute on, on the English language. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a real word, but I'm just going to use it because it feels appropriate. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I totally, in fact, I don't think I've ever used it before, but it felt right. <laughs> That's what the Biz Women Rock podcast brings out in people is their ability <laughs> for creativity and just, you know, bald and ash. English language, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing that I uh, really want to know, and then we'll go ahead and wrap things up, is um, how do you prioritize your date, and especially because you are the one handling everything? It is very, I know you have templates. I know you've created efficiencies in your business. But how, how, what tools, what habits do you have? How are you making sure that the most important things get done every single day and that you are, you're not falling behind? Oh gosh, this is definitely a work in progress for me. (laughs) Um, And the main reason is because I, even in corporate and wherever, you know, I prioritize everyone's business above my own. It's not a good way to do it. And so if I have ad campaigns, if I have things that are doing, I will, and you know, I will spend time there versus putting the proposal together. I'll give an example. I talked to someone on Friday and I'm so excited to get started. He's a great new client. And he said, um, he's like, great, get me, you know, get me the paperwork. I'm ready to get started. Let's, you know, send me the agreement. Well, I had, um, a, a, two campaigns for clients. One was launching on Monday, one was Tuesday, and that's kind of the hot time leading up to their events. And so I thought, ah, okay. And I I, I let him know. I was like, okay, it'll probably be Saturday. Maybe I'll send that over. 
another thing I need to be better at is not agreeing to work weekends when they're not asking me to. But anyway, and so I'm, I'm now, you know, was going through that. I didn't, I did not get him that agreement until Wednesday at noon. Mm. And it was because, and here's someone who is, you know, it's a multi-thousand dollar project and they're dying to get started right away. They even asked me about it again. And I'm saying, yeah, 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 I'll get you that. But I'm heads down doing um, client uh, work on my live campaigns. And so for me, I feel like if I'm, I need to prioritize live campaigns because I'm spending clients' money. Right. And right. so I need to do a better job of saying maybe if it's the first two hours of a day or a single day or whatever it is and saying, when am I going to market my own business? Right. And I think we were saying this, you know, um, talking about this a little bit before, but one of the things that I think we all hit, and I'm at that stage now, is it's fantastic that I've grown through referral. I'm so proud and pleased of the work I've done and so thankful, and I love my clients now, and so I have no complaints, but one thing I'm acutely aware of is I'm not in control of the lead flow and when I close business. Mm. Now, every now it's so far so good, but I got to tell you, there's a time, you know, in about you know every quarter where I'm looking and I'm like okay I'm not I'm not seeing people in the pipe so right. far they've magically materialized I had um, <laughs> this this week I had three people materialize and sign up and start projects right away but it was they weren't on the radar last week right right so that's not a great way um, so my focus for this year and what even I you know I had another round with my business coach and it really is building that team so that I know my capacity and I can really go out and have a more structured lead gen approach definitely cobblers have you know the cobbler kids have no shoes because yep. <laughs> what I what I do is I'm helping people build repeatable lead gen processes in their own business right right and so the irony is that I've because I'm I'm so full with client work now I think well if I do a lead gen you know and I get 20 new clients I can't service them so why would I launch that campaign right so it's so you got to get all the internal egg. stuff stuff done first yeah, yeah. and you got to make the time for that and make your business like the number one thing you're working on but yet you've got all this other stuff yeah I, I mean that is exactly what you've described is such a common problem and challenge for a lot of small business owners. I mean, just like, I need to grow, but I can't handle the growth, but I need to grow, but I can't handle the growth right now. I know. And I need to grow in order to handle the growth. So uh, yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that. So Victoria, I just, I really want to say thank you so much for, for being on the show and for sharing so much great insight into how you've built your company thus far. And I can't wait to see what the rest of 2015 holds as you build out your team and your processes. You. I'm really excited for that. I know you're going to just blow up. Thank you. I plan on it. And, um, you know, and once again, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really hope that at least some of the stumbles that I've had or talking through it can help can help others or maybe you know you you hear a bit of yourself in my story and it'll give you the motivation to step out and try something on your own because I will say this I've never been happier as doing what I'm doing now you know versus what I was doing for someone else so even though I'm working hard I'm having challenges like all entrepreneurs do I'm building and living my dream and I wouldn't trade that for the world got it you could go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 200 that's 200 to get all the show notes for today's conversation with victoria if you connected with this if you got an idea out of this if you had something you wanted to add to the conversation go onto the website and go leave a comment in the show notes page i'd love to hear from you or you can always shout it out on social media on facebook or on twitter and make sure 
to um, to link to Biz Women Rock or myself, Katie Kremitzos, and um, I'd love to chat with you about what you thought about this uh, interview. So as I stated in the beginning, I was very happily surprised by what Victoria really is doing in her business and how honest she was about where she is in this phase of her business and how she actually really doesn't do a good job of marketing out there for herself right now and how she needs to start doing that. Um, I just really appreciated that honesty because you know what? A lot of us are going through that right now. So it makes me feel like, okay, we're not alone in this. And we're not. That's the point of these interviews. You are not alone. We are all in this game called business together. And that's why women come here and they tell their stories. That's why I want to bring them to you because I want you to feel like there's no gap between you And anyone that you're listening to here, every single person is either going through what you're going through at this moment, or they have gone through it. And there's always something for all of us to learn. So that's my little soapbox moment. I hope you have an awesome, awesome day. And I can't wait to see you on the next show. 